one you want to catch pretty much. So I hope these motherfuckers get high. Get your pipe, bitch. Yeah. Gates the grill. Dedication to. How they do, motherfuckers? It's Weezy, baby. Niggas bitching and I gotta tuck that. Listen close, I got duct tape and rope. I leave you missing like the fucking oh. old balance. One hand on my money. What's up, Joes? Welcome to another episode of the Average Joes MMA Show. Jeff Shanahan and rejoined by the one and only Ryan Dempsey. Hey, buddy. How you doing? Hey, <clears throat> doing pretty good. Uh, rough week last week, as was mentioned on uh, on the show the other day. Uh, but family's, you know, trucking on doing what we got to do. Staying strong. Uh, still want to give a big thanks to, to you and Tony for holding it down and for sending love. Much appreciated from the whole family. Absolutely, man. Always got your back. Yeah, thanks to Tony. I just want to know. Sorry, I just want to say, and, and Tony taking his time off from his uh, his uh, smooth jazz uh, DJing to jump on the show. <laughs> Dude, I laughed so hard when you sent me that yesterday. <laughs> it was. I, it just caught me so off guard. I went back and listened to it, and just like just the way his voice sounded. And I I told you, I was just expecting him to finish off by saying, "And now here's some Kenny G." <laughs> and just hit, hit the play button just right off with some sacks <laughs> well it was weird too because like you know we're set, we were sitting next to each other but i didn't use my headphones because i only have the one i don't have a headphone splitter amp i got it actually just got it in the mail today thanks amazon um so tony tony and i were just like no headphoning it which is fine because we're both sitting across the room from each other but like I was trying to watch the audio on Audacity to make sure the levels were all good and stuff like that, and not having it directly into my ears. I'm not really sure how he was sounding. It, it was weird, so it was just kind of a gamble, and I didn't really know how it was going to turn out until I listened back to it. Yeah, the sound overall was good. It was just like just the way that his voice changed near that one point. It was just it just. Oh, it fucking cracked me up. I had to go. I, I went back and listened to it two, three times, just that one little segment, just to, just because it sounded too good to pass up. Like, <clears throat> well, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad to hear everybody's doing okay, all things considered, and stuff. And you know, again, to your wife and family, all condolences on the loss. Yeah, and you know, I, I will say um, it's probably weird to say, but one of the happiest funerals I think I've ever been to. I mean, it, it was a sudden, unexpected death uh, to most of the family, but, um, you know, Kara's aunt was, I mean, the only way I can describe her, she was a rock star. I mean, she she just went, you know, she loved music. She went to so many concerts all over, like, just travel Canada and the United States to go to concerts nonstop, and her energy was like those concerts. It was just always 100 hundred percent nonstop, never saw her sad. Um, and I think that really showed up with everyone at the funeral. Just everyone was always happy. Just nothing, you, nothing you could say about her made anyone upset. You just, uh, there was just nothing but positive memories. Right. And, it was, and it just, everyone was like smiling, thinking about her. And I think that was the thing. Like, and, and it's funny because everyone had a concert story about her That's to tell, cool. which I think, so, like, because she loved music so much that she would take people to, to concerts. Like, you know, me and Kara, she took us to see the the hip here in Kitchener a couple of years back when they were doing a 25th anniversary 
uh, album tour. She took me to uh, me and Kara to Rogers Center in Toronto to see U2. My first U2 concert. It was like nice, you know, 55, 55 60,000 people, and I'm like, how am I here right now? And it's because of this woman. And uh, you know, those are the memories that I'm always going to have. And that's the cool thing. It's like there's nothing sad I can remember about her. Just amazing happy moments and that's that's all i could ask for that's beautiful it's 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 always good when it's a celebration of life and exactly you know and that's what you described in the way she lived her life is is how i want my life to be i love going to live music i love going to concerts i go to as many as i possibly can because obviously music's a big passion of mine. So to, to hear about somebody else living out a life that, that I want to live, that's really cool. Yeah. And, and like I said, like, you know, like you hear the stories, like, you know, during the, uh, <clears throat> the eulogies and that kind of stuff, like, you know, it is somber when you hear about this and that, but it doesn't stick. It just, you hear it and it just flows past you. And then the next sentence was just something that made you laugh. And that stuck. So it's like, you know, with some people, when you hear something sad, it sticks to you. But with her, it didn't seem like something sad could happen to her. So I mean, I'm just, uh, I'm truly blessed to have known her. Uh, and I'm always going to smile every time I listen to you, too, because of her. Yeah, that's that's cool to have those kind of memories and stuff, too, man. Like, those are the, the things that last forever. Yeah, exactly. The sadness, the sadness fades eventually, you know, and you you just kind of cling on to the good memories. Yeah, it's like one of the actually when Harry was put down, someone had told me it was like um, like bo- boiling salt water, and the salt is the memories, and the water is the sadness. You turn that thing to boil and walk away, the water leaves, but the salt stays. So you always have the memories when the sadness is gone. Wow. I like that a lot, actually. Yeah, that was one of the ones that really helped me uh, get through Harry originally, and uh, actually, it's kind of funny because I didn't even—I didn't really need it this past week. Like as as devastated as I was, I could not find my—I couldn't find a way to be sad. I just could not stop thinking about the, just positivity from her. That's that's a lovely thing to have, man. It's a really good thing. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, you know as well as things could be that they were, that they went well with the services and stuff like that. So yeah, we definitely, definitely, we definitely missed you on Thursday, but yeah, thanks to Tony for, for stepping in and filling in. It's uh, it was good to have Tony back on the show. It's nice when you get to do the show with, with your friend again. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to get on to uh even if it's not even a fight night, even it's just like, it's the random topic show or a, just a random breakdown show or anything, just get Tony and me on together. I'd it's going to happen. Love to talk to that. <clears throat> it's going to happen for sure. It'll, it'll happen soon. So, <clears throat> Yeah, no, there's nothing holding us back. Like, we just, <laughs> you know, we just want to throw up on a, on a Sunday or a Monday or a Tuesday. Like, you know, anything we want. Whenever someone's free, we just boom, do it up. That's the thing. Tony's here all the time anyway. I'm enjoying yeah. a lovely joint and a, a cup of coffee on the Saturday afternoon. So <laughs> I had to work today. It was not a good day. I fucked some shit up and probably, yeah, yeah. I'm probably gonna hear about it Monday when I when I come into work. So I just take Monday off. And you don't have to hear about it. Yeah, I don't really have that option. 
<laughs> shit, I'll probably hear about it tonight because my boss is supposed to be coming to meet us out at the bar. So, oh, lovely. Yeah, not looking forward to that. Yeah, just you know, battle a couple of rounds and we can call it even. Yeah, at least we're going to the brewery, so I can be happy and drink my delicious yeah. favorite beers and things. So, yeah, that's what it's all about, right? Relaxing on a nice Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening. Just doing your thing, getting some brews in you. Yeah. Easy. Looking forward to, to celebrating my buddy's birthday. Well, you wanna talk about a little news or do you wanna talk about uh you wanna give you wanna give some thoughts on the on what you did get to see of the card Saturday before we get into anything? Yeah, I mean, um like we talked about there uh before we hit uh, hit record. Um just do with everything that happened this week all I got to see was mm-hmm. uh the main event. I can hear Carla screaming back I there. Say, I can yeah. hear Carla. Yeah. <laughs> she's, singing, she's singing Peppa Pig something. And she, she may be squealing because of Peppa, but I have, I have no idea. Yeah, whatever. She's a happy kid. That's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, for now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just got to catch the main event. Uh, basically, have what you guys said. I thought that Moreno was going to just shock the world again with another quick first round finish. Um, but, you know, massive props to Pettis for... You know, for, for fighting it off, doing everything he had to do, and then the stand-up just, just can, like we said in the breakdown, just continues to impress me. Like, thinking that he was going to be just another one of those fighters that might stick around for, you know, seven, eight, nine years and have a 500 to 600 record. All of a sudden, he's looking like the, like someone who could challenge for the title in, uh, in one or two fights. Yeah. And I, I really, really want to see the Cejedo fight now i know i was so excited for him and cejudo when it was supposed to happen and now i want it even more yeah and like we were saying you know brendan moreno like three and one in the ufc and they now they can say he's coming off of a loss but he's also 22 years old right so i mean he's got i mean he's probably in one of the one of the more perfect positions in the UFC for a fighter coming off a loss. Well, and then, like I said on the show, it didn't hurt him at all. He didn't move up or down in the... Well, obviously, he wouldn't move up off a loss, but didn't move down in the rankings either. He just stayed where he was. Yeah. Yeah, he's a, he's definitely going to be fine. It's just a matter of just getting... Yeah, <clears throat> the, the, the trick for him is just getting that favorable next opponent and getting the win and just kind of getting that momentum back and uh, and the mental edge back into his game. Be- I mean, and he, I could see him going off like four or five straight, uh, straight wins. You know, easily just his stand up in uh, in oh God, who was the fight? We talked about who in the his striking as his, his last fight. The before Pettis, Dustin Ortiz. I'm drawing a blank now. We we talked about his striking in that in the in the previous show. Was it Dustin and Ortiz? I'm think I think it was. He finished off with the submission, but he he used strikes to set up the submission. Yeah. Like, yeah, his stand like his stand up is great, and his ground game is obviously phenomenal. So he, if he maintains the trajectory that he's on, he like he's only going to get better. Well, and Mighty Mouse isn't going to be in that division forever either. So I mean. I could see him one day becoming that the next dominant flyweight champion. Did Moreno's striking look a little bit off to you? Like in comparison to his other fights? 
It did, but I don't know if it's if that was just Pettis. I thought like, about I, that too. I wonder if it was just like you know if you you might not necessarily getting caught bad, but just you get caught once or twice, and it's something that in your previous fights you avoided it, and you and we got a got a counter punch in. This time he ate a punch, and maybe it was just like hit his psyche the wrong way that he hadn't experienced that kind of that kind of a fight yet. Well, he yet. got he got kind of rocked around a little bit by by Dustin Ortiz. I mean, nothing nothing that put yeah. him in danger, but Dustin was was oh, yeah. getting the better of him. I, I think if I remember right, Ortiz was ahead in that fight on the scorecards, and Moreno picked up the submission in the third round and ended up, you know, obviously winning the fight. But I, if I remember right, Ortiz was winning that fight. I remember a lot of bits and pieces of the, of the, of that fight, but I'm just, I just can't, I don't remember too much. I don't know. I'm like just drawing blanks right now. I'm trying to yeah. Fill in. I can't remember the fight exactly, but I, I pretty sure that Ortiz was getting the better of him. I definitely wouldn't mind if, uh, like, you know, if Moreno can get a, a little bit of a streak going, I wouldn't mind seeing these two going at it again. No, neither. No, I, I wouldn't either at all. Because I definitely, I, like, I definitely think they 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 could put on a better fight, a closer fight, and that doesn't nothing against Moreno because I mean Pettis is like we said, like he's just on this climb. He's he found what he had to fix and he fixed it. I just wondered if you know because he he spent the entire camp in Mexico. Uh, this time where before he had been working, you know, splitting his time in Colorado, if that lack of working out there in Colorado with that kind of competition and stuff, you know, those training partners, <clears throat> the quality of people, you know, I'm sure he gets yeah. rounds in with guys like Dillashaw and, and Joseph Benavidez, you know, I mean, Joey B's out there training too. So, yeah. And that's the thing, like, what do you do? Like, do you go and train with, I mean, it, I mean, it's definitely crucial to be fighting in their training in Mexico City. Oh, absolutely! Uh, to get to get that altitude thing, but Denver's Denver's high altitude too, and they do have good camp. But I mean, I mean, it's hard. I mean, I mean, obviously, I'm not a fighter, so I can't really say what would be best to do it. But to me, I think he was smart staying in Mexico. Oh, I don't. But at the same time, at the same time, he like it's not like going to Denver was going to put him. At a low sea level, you know what I mean. Like, well, I didn't think not. I didn't think going to Mexico was a bad idea. I just didn't think that the idea instead of changing it up this for this fight, instead of splitting your time right. between the two and getting that work in with those top high level uh, sparring partners and training partners and coaching like Dwayne Ludwig and and Elliot Marshall yeah. and all those guys out there, you know that that you miss. I mean. Dwayne Ludwig is one of the best strategists out there, at least at least when it comes to guys like TJ Dillashaw and stuff. But yeah, yeah, he yeah, you know, and he's had he's had Dwayne in his corner for almost all of his UFC fights. I just yeah, wonder I if mean, he missed out on something. I mean, yeah, and and that could easily be just tossed up to like. You know, maybe just the air and judgment of the excitement of fighting in your home country for like for the first time in UFC, and then he just kind of got too excited. And he just wanted to just focus everything around that. I mean, who knows what was going through his head and the decisions he made? But I mean, like like we like we all said, like it's not like 
it's not like this one loss is all of a sudden going to get him cut and sent to Bellator. No, and and that's and definitely oh. not not what I'm arguing at all or my point. Oh no, 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 I know. Yeah, I just I just wonder how much that had an effect on because Sergio, where he trains, he's he's also getting a lot of high level competition. Uh, you know, yeah. at Rufus Sport, there's all kinds of really high level athletes that train there. And that's you know part of the reason why yeah. like, like Tyron Woodley still splits his time between you know uh, ATT and and up there yeah. in Wisconsin. So you know there's a lot of guys that split their time in their camps. It's it's not a bad idea because they want those high level training partners and that high level coaching. Yeah, and that's the other thing too. Like, like even if you want to stay in Mexico. Trying to see if I mean I guess it'd be harder trying to fly guys in just because of everything you know everyone else has fights going on. It'd be easier for just the one guy to go, but yeah, I mean, I mean it, it's a decision that it it probably did have the biggest effect on him going into the or it had the biggest effect on him in this fight. But it's like I mean, if that was the worst thing that happened to him, now he knows that he always had to split time. I mean, and who knows. If he doesn't, if his next couple of fights are all in the states, maybe he just stays with Colorado, doesn't go anywhere else. And if he fights in Mexico again, maybe he realizes, okay, this is what I did last time. This time I got to be more smart and focus on, you know, focus on me, focus on what I at the training, and also do what I want, like, and also take care of the personal stuff in between. Right. Yeah, I just, I just hope for the future at least that he splits time because I think that's a better idea for him as a fighter. Right, yeah. But yeah, it doesn't, the fight doesn't hurt him. It, the loss doesn't do anything to him negatively. So he might as well just get ready for the next fight and learn from your mistakes. Yeah. Give him, uh, give him Wilson Hayes. Wilson Hayes is fighting Cejudo. Oh yeah. Hayes and Cejudo are fighting. The only one that doesn't have a fight booked right now, obviously <laughs> is, is Pettis and, and Joseph Benavidez. Yeah, but, and the U.S. said Benavides isn't going to be getting a uh, a towel shine time soon. No, well, he, he doesn't deserve one. Either. I mean, I don't know what they're going to do. See, the thing is, is like, I don't know if Sergio's ready for that jump. I mean, he's he's more than deserving. It's, Definitely, it's fresh blood. You got to you got to do something. I mean, that's why I mean Borg's sitting at number six, and that's why he's getting a title shot because it's somebody else, and he's on a streak. You know, for for both Moreno and Pettis, uh, a good fighter for them to take on, who unfortunately, at this moment and possibly ever, they won't get the chance to, is uh, is Ian McCall. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, with everything that's going on with Ian McCall, McCall's it doesn't not... look like he's not going to be getting in there anytime soon. No, he'll be a fighter, but he he's like he's but people know him. He puts on exciting fights. It'd be good for Pettis just to kind of get like a, like a little name to the to the record and but, for Moreno to come up like it's it, it's a good medium jump but do you want to try to risk booking McCall he hasn't been able to make the walk in how many fights well with everything that he was just coming out and saying with uh with his brain it doesn't sound like he's gonna be fighting again right but even before all that you know he got the yeah. the bad fish or sushi or whatever the fuck the night before pulled out the pull out against um Siri he he'd been booked three times in well, my I mean, memory. He's had, he's had, I think it was five fights where he, uh, 
where either him or his opponent had pulled out. Yeah. Um, on short notice. I don't. I don't and, trust booking Ian McCall. Even I mean, before the brain even, injury, and now obviously and even not. Still, his last his last fight was what, like January 2015. Yeah, it's got to be two and a half, fifteen or sixteen. Year and a half, two and a half years, something like that. Like it's. I don't think he uh, fought in 2016. No, yeah. So I think it was early. I want to say it was January 20, 2015 was his last fight. Uh, you keep talking, and I will tell you in one second. All right. I just uh, don't. I just don't trust him. That's the thing. I just yeah. Just that's absolutely the, like, don't trust him. Want, I mean, and he's a guy too, where it's not even like you know, okay, he got food poisoning. That can happen, whatever. But he's had problems with like January. So yeah, exactly. January thirty first, two thousand and fifteen was the last time that Ian McCall fought, losing a, a unanimous decision to Lineker. His last win came July nineteenth, two thousand and fourteen, with a win over Brad Pickett, and he also won before that. It was August two thousand thirteen. Against Iliadre Santos. Like, you can't trust him to be there to fight, bro. Yeah. And, I mean, that, now that, obviously... Thing. Now obviously everything's off the table because of his brain injuries, but even before yes. that, you couldn't you couldn't bet on Ian McCall to make the fight. It just... I would never want to try to trust against him fighting somebody that... Like, on the up and rise to try to use him as a name to build off of because these kids are going to get screwed. And, that, and and I think that the, the biggest unfortunate uh, part of that is how good he is and how much fun he is. And, I mean, when they created the flyweight division, it was to give Ian McCall the title. He just had to win two fights. Right. And and and, and he just got unlucky. Like, they he had that. He had that. It was the, the greatest there. That it was, I think it was Australia when my name was beat him and it turned to be the draw. So they had to go back and do it again. And Mighty Mouse just exposed him, and all of a sudden, this like top flyweight in the world turned into like just like he just looked like another average everyday fighter. Matt Hume, man, he's he's a coach that doesn't get a lot of credit in conversations no. with with like the top ranked coaches because his you know his biggest and only real success is, is Mighty Mouse, but or at least that you know that anybody pays attention to. When you're talking about guys like uh, Greg Jackson and and you know others, they all have multiple fighters that they coach. Yeah. No, hey, uh, another coach who I'm really into recently that I don't hear enough about is uh, Perillo. Jason Perillo. I hear like I I hear his name pops up here and there, but I don't find that I see enough respect for him. Like there isn't. The- there isn't enough when respect for people, him. You see the people that he's working with. I mean, well, it's, and you see how they're striking. I mean, Cyborg is. I mean, Cyborg is Cyborg. But when you see like other fighters that have worked with him, how their striking has just elevated in a short period of time, and how far, or how how high these guys have climbed, and how fast they've made that climb by using striking techniques taught from him, you would think that there'd be more guys trying to bring him in, but. I never hear his name being brought up unless Whoa. it's Cyborg or Bisbing. Perillo. Oh, no, he coaches. Uh... No, you're right. I was thinking uh, that's uh, shit. I can't think of his name now. I was trying to think of uh, Thug's coach. 
Oh, um, yeah. But, well, Perillo, I mean, he came up with BJ. I mean, that's kind of where he broke when when BJ was, was doing his thing. Right. But then when BJ went on that fall and his striking was looking like shit, Jason yeah. kind of took a hit off that, it seemed like. And it's funny because like, you, most people, like, the, the average people, like, you know, me and Julie watch, are like, BJ Penn looks a bit slower while he has all those miles on him. The other people, they look at it as like, well, his striking's clearly off. It must be his coach. It can't be the fact that he's had 3,000 fights. <laughs> like, you know, he's been at top level for 800 years. That has nothing to do with it. It's his striking coach. Well, then, you know, he's attached to a guy like Tito that – Gets looked on by people. It sucks. Yeah. I'm trying to look up on Wiki who some of like his some of the guys he coaches. I mean, if you go just go back and watch that um, um, that Bisbing Rockhold fight, watch how crisp. Bisping looks like that's all. I mean, yeah. Put it this way: if you go back and watch Bisping and Alan Belcher, and then watch Bisping and Luke Rockhold, and then you see the the, the difference in his striking, it's like it's night and day. Oh yeah, when he left the Wolf Slayer and started training with with Perillo, his striking got a ton better, a ton better. It was Trevor Whitman I was thinking of. When I was talking about uh, Thug Oh, Rose. okay. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, BJ Penn. Jessica Penne. Tito Ortiz. Michael Bisping. Cyborg. That's off of his website. Okay. But I mean, it, it's just part of the problem is is that he's coached up and down fighters, right? Yeah, and and I mean, Bisbing's his first champion in a while since BJ, and it's unfortunate that that's going to end, right? And then he hasn't defended, you know, other than fighting Henderson, which he got the shit beaten out of him. He got yeah, like he was. Arguably knocked out twice in that first round. So again, that's another area. That, I mean, unfortunately, it, it goes up and takes a hit. Yeah, against Jason Perillo, and, and Jason Perillo is a really good coach. He is. He doesn't get enough credit for how good of a striking coach he is. It's just he doesn't have. He doesn't have the roster of fighters. He doesn't have a champion. I mean, he does have a champion. But he doesn't have like a dominant champion like you know Greg Jackson does, or right, you know like with Dwayne had with with TJ <laughs> and uh, um, shit Dominic Cruz's coach over at Alliance, Andre Penadero. Like you know, those guys are all attached to to big names. I mean, Tito hasn't been a good fighter in how long? Right, yeah. Chris is just an animal, so nobody really wants to give credit to Jason for for her being what she is. Because she's just been beating bitches up forever. Yeah, that that's the and that's the one that always like 
she seems to be the one where everyone's like you try to say, well, you know, he does. She, he, bleh, sorry, you try to bring up cyborgs and say, well, you know, he coaches her. The argument everyone just makes is that asinine. Well, it's cyborg, right? But the but there's always is. more to it, though. I mean, it's fair. It is fair, but I mean, there's always more. I mean, I mean, I understand the argument because she is a beast. But at the same time, I mean, you got. I mean, it's nice to have a good striking partner to or striking coach to keep that level going. Like she could easily go to another camp and have awesome striking and work on different techniques. But she just why bother? Right. No, but, I I agree. Like I said, I I give Jason Perillo a lot of credit. But it's just I don't. It's one I don't understand either. Why more fighters don't don't train with him? But so you want to talk about some news? Yeah. Um. One piece of news uh, that was briefly touched on. Uh, I did have to go back and do a little research because I knew that it wasn't seven first time finishes wasn't the first time. There was six other cards. Okay, so it tied a so, record. Yeah, so UFC 146, the Ultimate Fighter 1 finale, and then Fight Nights uh, 14, 32, and 68. Well, look at you. See, this is why we keep you around. Because you... <laughs> well, plus if I leave, then it's just the, the Jeff Shanahan show. Uh, nobody wants that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nobody wants that. I don't even want that. Who the fuck are we kidding? Uh, like, I, like I said to you the other day when we were talking, if I ever have my own podcast and sit down to just break down a card in 45 minutes or so, and I end up with a six-hour Ken Burns-style podcast. I couldn't I couldn't rift. Like, I need somebody else to, to go back and forth with. I mean, I could do it. I thought about doing the breakdown by myself, but it would have been even shorter than the already short episode that it was. Right. And I was just like, okay, well... Let's figure something out. And I was going to ask a couple of other podcasters if they wanted to, to come and do it. Um, but, I mean, everybody else already was doing their breakdowns and shit that week. So, I, I asked Tony. Because why not? Yeah, and T-Bag stepped up and helped us out. <laughs> why, why does it have to be T-Bone or T-Bag? Oh, what else starts with a T? T-Bird? I don't Some know. Just... Well, I mean, Tony does have a nickname. Well, I mean, come on. T Bone Seinfeld. Tony, okay, right, come on. Tony does have a nickname because T Bag's just funny. He 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 was he has been known around Muskegon. Well, back in the day in the in the metal music scene, he was Tony Metal. Because eh. hey, he, he's a, eh. he even has <laughs> he even has it tattooed on him, man. Like it's legit. <laughs> he, he's Tony Metal. Ah, I'm gonna start the teabag revolution. <laughs> it's gonna be a yeah. one man revolution. I'm gonna start the teabag revolution. And you know, Do you realize what you just said, sir? I, you know what's the best part though? Is I'm probably just gonna like forget all about it in like three days, and it's never gonna happen again. Uh uh-uh. uh But do you realize you just said I'm going to start the teabag revolution? Yep. <laughs> okay, just making sure you understood what you were doing. Eh, someone has to say something stupid once in a while, right? Why I, not me? I said plenty stupid the other day, so... <laughs> uh, fuck what oh, you heard. <clears throat> <clears throat> so, 
So, 217, eh? Yeah, 217. Uh, big announcements for uh, for the uh, main event and co-main event and third title and defense. Has this been signed yet? Or is it just GSP as of as of now? I have not heard anything about Biz being officially signing, but I assumed the bout agreement was already signed, and George that's, just had to sign it. Yeah, that's a, that's kind of what I figured too. It was just a matter of getting the paper in front of him if it wasn't signed, because he's been talking about it long enough. He's clearly not going to be backing out. So, so in that discussion we were having, excuse me, about Jason Perillo. You had said something about it. It's going. It's a shame Bisbing's not going to have that title for long. Are you implying that your boy is going to take the 185-pound strap? Is hey, I got to ride with him. I got to ride with GSP. I can't pick against him. Okay, wait a minute. Now, now you know all things GSP. Please tell me the exact date of George's last fight against Johnny Hendricks. I'll wait. November 12th, 2013. Okay. So you realize the date of this fight coming up is November 4th, 2017. Yep. So we're eight days shy of four years since your boy stepped into the cage or even had like a real fight. Yeah. Okay. Not only that, but he is going up a weight class. I don't know why I'm wasting this on this fucking now instead of saving it for a couple months when we have this breakdown. But, man, whatever the hell you drink, I want some. Is it just GSP Kool-Aid? Like, what? what? Oh, right now it's a Heineken. Oh, Heineken, sir. I, yeah. I, I, that surprises me. Yeah, it's a Saturday afternoon. I'm kicking back and relaxing. I haven't started drinking yet. I got to wait. It's going to be a long evening. <laughs> That's why I'm drinking coffee. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I don't know. 100. When Michael uh, Bisping not taking anything away from him, and GSP's obviously it's going to be a huge challenge, but I, I, I always have to ride with him, and I got to believe he's going to be like so well prepared. I mean, you look at all the way, all the different fighters he's fought throughout his career since the Sarah loss. He's always figured out how to beat them. And I think personally taking that time off was important for him just because of all of his mental issues and needing to step away and take a break and rest himself because he, after he beat, he even said after he beat Nick Diaz, when he would always leave the press conference, go out to the hotel and just start training for the next number one contender. He like, he'd never take any time off. I think he just wore himself so thin that he knew he had to step away. Not to Even mention all the that... damage he took. Yeah, and that's the other thing. Like, like those last, I mean, his last three fights, he ate more shots than he did in his entire career combined up to that point. Exactly. He was slowing down and getting his ass kicked. Yeah. And I I mean... Don't see it going any better for gonna, him four years it's later. Gonna be hard. It, it's going to be hard for him to wrestle, obviously, because Bisping is, is a phenomenal... Uh, take down defense but i mean you think i his, gotta believe do you think his sorry? boxing is gonna go against bisbing though no but that's as i said i think that they're gonna figure out that game plan i uh, think they're gonna do everything i mean if he gets finished if gsp gets finished i wouldn't be shocked but i can't not pick him to win 
Okay, we'll continue this conversation at another date. I just wanted to clarify when you said that he wasn't going to have the belt because, yeah. Anyway, what other fights got announced on the card this week, Ryan? Uh, I don't know if they were fully announced, but I saw the rumors uh, from UFC on Fox was TJ and Cody going to meet up for the uh, for the bantamweight. The, uh, the featherweight, Frankie Edgar, is going to be the number one contender for Max Holloway. And if the tiramisu does not make it to the table, Habib and uh, T. Ferguson, T. Ferg, will meet up. Yeah, finally they can stop talking shit to each other on fucking Twitter. Yeah, that's a big... I don't like... That's the... Like, I really do want to see that fight on so many different levels. But it's just like... Now, now that you have Habib healthy, he can't make the weight. Before he, he before his like a, a body part would be falling off, but right. he'd be at one fifty five. Now his body's perfect, all good to go, and he can't cut the weight. It's like he's it's, he's he's kind of he's with uh, Ian McCall at one fifty five. I wonder though, in this in this time off that he's had, if he's been taking measures to get his weight under control. I mean, yeah, I, I I would hope that because the embarrassment that he had, like when that picture came out with the tiramisu at the table and all that stuff, I have to believe that his team at least would say, like, here's a dietitian, here's what we have to do. We uh, we want you to enter the next camp at this weight, so that when it comes down to the weight cut, you're not going to be, you know, dehydrating yourself within two minutes have organ failure after 10 minutes and, you know, on your deathbed in half an hour. You would think so, but, I mean, it's not like AKA hasn't had a history of people who just cut weight like shit. See Daniel yeah. Cormier. Yeah. I mean, I, I just got to believe his team would, I mean, maybe, like, they did, they did, the AK, they took such a big hit late last year and then into early this year with Cormier and um, and and Habib with the weight issues. Like I I want I want to believe that eventually something has to change at that camp, but <laughs> and until it's seen weight classes, that's about it. Yeah, I <laughs> I don't know. I want the the Ferguson Habib fight. I've wanted it for a while now. So I mean, let's just make it happen. But and for me, to me, that fight's more important. Even though I think that the other fight there that 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 way the Warrior shared uh, Ferguson and Kevin Lee, if that fight makes it to Detroit, would be amazing. If they do that, if that fight happens and they do that fight anywhere but Detroit. I'm going to be fucking furious. It, it, it's a waste if they don't do that. Yeah, it's just stupid. Well, I mean, you know, we know Tony. You have, the guy, you have the guy from Detroit. And the, guy, the that, guy from California. Yeah, the guy that doesn't claim he's from Michigan. <laughs> but, but that, I mean. I bet he'd I mean, be. That, that, I bet sorry, he'd be play, I was going to say, I bet he'd be playing up the fucking that he's from Michigan if he was going to be on the Detroit card, though. I bet I don't you. know. He's been, because he's been claiming California for so long, I think people would just start jumping on him as much as you and I have. Oh, I I don't, but he's, he'll still play up that Michigan angle, dude. If he gets this fight and it ends up in Detroit, there's no way he's not going to play that up. 
There's no way he's not going to play that up. No. No. See, uh, the one thing that, that for that fight is, uh, is like, I would want to see Kevin Lee win. That would again just throw so much another wrench in the plan of the of the of the that division, the lightweight division, because now you'd have the number one contender always injured. The number or a number one contenders just has a loss. The other the other top contenders always hurt. The champions in a different sport. Like you'd have the the, the, the lightweight division would is so it could for a, a Ferguson loss to anybody other than Habib would just destroy that division in so many random ways, I, th- I feel like. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say destroy. Not well, at all. You still got you got Gagey sitting there. He If he gets past Alvarez. <clears throat> and, I mean, if Gagey gets past Alvarez, either a fight with Tony, a fight with Khabib, yeah. Or even putting him as a former as a former champion versus a champion. I mean, that's what I was gonna say. Like, I could definitely see like if Ferguson loses, if the Kevin Lee fight happens, and this is a lot of what ifs. Of course, everything's always a bunch if, of what ifs. Uh, if uh, you know, if, if Ferguson were to lose to Kevin Lee, and Habib's hurt, and Gaethje wins, Gaethje could easily become the number one contender just because of the, you brought him in. He finished, uh, you know, a, a guy who's been in the UFC for six years. He might not be the best, but he has some notable wins. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tony Ferguson? For no. One? Uh, my, uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, Tony Ferguson for one. Um, and then if he comes back and then he beats the former champion, and he has been and he was a champion in another uh, organization, I could 100% see them saying, like, whoever, if Connor's done with MMA if he's just going to box everyone from now on just set up you can just set up a title fight right there between uh, Gaethje and whoever you want I mean Gaethje and Connor would be a, a fight I mean anybody in Connor sells itself insert right, yeah. insert body versus Connor it sells itself <laughs> well, I mean, Christ Dana White put out like a what 10 second clip of Connor sparring with uh, Malinaji and that thing has like Seventeen gajillion views already. It's like you, you attach Conor McGregor's name to something, and everyone right now wants to see it. Right. He's he's going to be huge. Win or lose off that fight, short of getting knocked out in the first round, Conor wins no matter what. He walks away the big winner. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, Floyd's going to walk away with more money, but Conor's stock is going to fucking skyrocket off this shit. Yeah. Oh, definitely. It's only going to, and that would make his return to MMA even bigger. Oh, it's going to be huge. I mean, whoever he fights is going to get life-changing money. Yeah, and it's probably going to be Diaz. Let's be real about it. That's the yeah. That's the big like because he's going to come off that. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say like of all the names that have all have. You know, he wants to fight Habib in Russia. You know, Ferguson wants the title shot. Alvarez wants a rematch. All these different things. And Gaethje could beat him. The only name that really intrigues me is Diaz, and that's the only one that's never really being thrown out. That's the one that makes the money. Yep. That's the moneymaker that fight right that's there, the one, man. That's the one where you got you to gotta get them to 
you gotta get them to Ireland and just get to a soccer stadium and just get eighty thousand people and hope it doesn't rain. The problem is Croke Park. They can't do Croke Park. They want to, but Croke Park. They've got um. Oh fuck! No, I'm gonna fuck it up. I've heard the uh, Sheehan talk about it. Like him and um, Graham on Severe all the time. They talk about how Croke Park just isn't a possibility because if they're gonna try to run it on our time. It's going to be in the middle of the night in Croke Park, and they have, like, noise ordinances and shit, and all the, they have to get all these people to sign off on it, and there's no way it's going to fucking oh, happen. Oh, yeah. They've tried for different events, and they can never get it to succeed. Maybe they can grease enough palms with WMEIMG. I don't know. But that's that's one of the big preventatives is, like, the, yeah, it'd have to be, like, done by 11 o'clock. So they would have to do it on Irish time and then – Re, or you know either broadcast it live there or or do like they did with the Joshua fight where they did it in oh, London, right. where they yeah. did it in London and one you know did it live and then rebroadcasted it again at ten o'clock but I mean I don't think they want to lose that much money no and that yeah so, and that's what, yeah. if you do it on one of their times too that then you risk the the potential of possibly coming like um like a fight pass card just because of the time differences they'd still try to sell it as a pay-per-view oh they did for sure they try but i mean try and do like a pay-per-view i mean four in the afternoon on a saturday is not not the worst time for one to start but or if it's depending on what time the the noise i think they have to be done by 11 if if i remember what what they so so then if you have to be done at six o'clock or so our time and that's Eastern time. So then you're looking at the baby starting at yeah, starting at that two or three. Yeah, there's that, it's, that's where, that's where it kind of becomes like a tough sell. Exactly for a pay per view, it's terrible. Yeah. Yep. But, I mean, time time will tell what they do. Yeah, I mean, there's other there's other areas they can do soccer stadiums in. They just wouldn't <clears> be able to do Dublin like Connor wants. It, I mean, go to Wembley, Christ, man. Get 100,000 people in there. Yeah, that's an option for sure. Wembley would be huge if they could get that one. Yeah, dude, that's a... Oh, my God. Some of the Wembley Wembley concerts and shit are amazing. Yeah. Have you ever watched the Foo Fighters? Uh, No, I haven't. Oh, my God. You want fucking chills, man. Every time I watch it. They do, um, it's, uh, best of you. Okay. And like, they had like the long runway and shit. So when they started off, it's, um, oh shit, how's it go? It's just him out there by himself playing it. And like the whole fucking crowd is just singing along with him through like the whole first verse and chorus and shit like that before the other rest of the band kicks in. Oh, I'll have to see if I can find that. Yeah, dude, I'm looking it up on YouTube right now to to send to you. I've watched that. I used to watch it all the time. Um, I can't remember what the channel was we used to have. But it always showed, like, live concerts and shit. <laughs> right, okay. Oh, that and there's a Nine Inch Nails live DVD called the... Oh, God, now I can't remember it. All the... Something, I, I have it. But it's... Dude, have you ever have you ever seen like a live Nine Inch Nail show? 
No, never, no. Oh my, my sister took me to one when I was 16. Here we go down a K-hole. And <laughs> yeah. to this day, dude, and I have been to, like, probably well over a thousand shows. Rough estimate. But it's still one of the top five best fucking concerts I've ever been to in my life. Really? Yeah, performance, stage show, like everything, dude. Nine Inch Nails, Trent Reznor puts on a fucking show. 16 years old, mine was blown. And that was even before I was smoking weed. <laughs> I got contact high because that arena was fucking right, stank. Right, yeah. <laughs> but... <clears throat> Here I found. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna send you the whole YouTube uh, Foo Fighters concert. Oh, awesome! I'm gonna post it some, in there. Some viewing for the night. Yeah, it's like a two and a half hour concert. It's freaking great, dude. It's Perfect. So, so good. Um, anything else you want to talk about? Ah, uh, nope. Something's going on out there. Yeah, I was gonna say I hear, I hear sounds. <laughs> There's this big run up and down, just screaming. I have no idea what's going on. I kind of just want to stay in here and just kind of shield myself from it all. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I'll stay on the call with you after we hang up. I ain't got shit to do for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I think what was there anything else that came out? Um... I saw that. Well, that that Ronda Rousey thing that we were talking about, or that I mentioned to you about. Oh yeah, getting into the to training. I just I was looking up so I could find the article, but I guess Triple H came out and said yesterday that it's completely false. No one, no one from the WWE has reached out to her, so that I guess that whole thing isn't true yet. Old Paul shot it down. Yeah, that's the best thing think, for her, man. Fighting ain't it anymore. No, not with where it's going. No, those divisions are just gonna get. Tougher and tougher. Like she was, like <clears throat> she was essentially the Mike Tyson, I guess, in the sense where like she's had this that one thing that she did really, really well. And once people figured it out, it just got tougher and tougher for her. Yep, she was a spe- Yeah, she was just a specialist, and she never improved the rest of her skill. She thought that her boxing had got to a level that it was just untouchable. And a lot of us did. I bought into the hype after she beat the shit out of Betch. Like, the the Sarah McMahon finish, I was like, eh, okay, good on you. You, you. you did something striking-wise. But when she knocked Betch out, I was like, all right, she can box. Let's fucking go. And then and she, she got, got caught in that fight, too, also. Right. Betch exposed her, for sure. Yeah. But you know she got lucky and got the finish quick. But and then the girls that and that, and then when I remember like when Holly Holm was signed on, everyone's can she well, can she be the one? Can she be the one? And I remember saying like I remember saying if Holly Holm fought Rousey, Holly Holm would probably knock her out because we hadn't seen Rousey's striking yet. Right. And I thought that and I thought that Holm would be able to be the one to keep her at distance to set up her strikes, not realizing how it was going to change obviously throughout the 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 before their paths crossed yeah but but yeah i mean you look at that betch caught her holly Holm destroyed her and then i mean nuna is just finished there's her. no she had no 
business for her to take that fight. Yeah, she finished her off completely. <laughs> um, I just, I don't know, Holly, I thought when she first came in before she fought, you know, the possibilities, but watching her fight early, I wasn't impressed at all. Was not right. impressed with the Rocky Pennington fight. Um, I don't remember who she fought her second fight now off the top of my head, but I just wasn't impressed with it. I I picked against her. I I was super confident going into that fight about Ronda and, you know, looked like a jackass on this show. Right. We all I mean, we all did. No none of us thought there was a chance she was gonna fucking get beat. I the only reason why I had home winning and I I have no proof obviously so I can make mean say you know, anyone can say whatever they want but I'm sure I had, beating, I had home beating Rousey only because of the fact that I thought that home striking was going to be better and that was the only thing that I was going on I, like, I, I, I no other argument to use except for the striking I'm willing to believe there is a way of the warrior post out there somewhere with you commenting these things I'm willing to bet money on it yeah, there has to be something where I'd given home a puncher's chance at some point in I, time. I guarantee that it's somewhere. If we went back into the old way of the Warrior poster around the time for that fight, there would be some Dempsey comments about Holly Holm winning the fight. Yeah, no, you know, it's, yeah, I mean. <laughs> That's where I first like, ever saw you, you know, your existence. Knowing, knowing my luck, knowing my luck, that would be probably, that might even be thinking of when she was first signed. And I mean, I did take, <laughs> take Rousey and I'm just getting all my stuff all mixed up because my brain has so much going on. But I know for a fact that at one point in time, I did give Holly Holm a puncher's chance. I know that for a fact. Somewhere out there in the annals of history. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, this has been fun. It has been. Yeah. What do you think? Let's uh, let's wrap a bow on this bitch. You got anything? Yeah. You got anything you want to say before we get out of here? Uh, you know, I really I do just want to reiterate um, the thanks and the and the appreciation and the love to uh, to you and Tony for uh, for cur- uh, holding down the show and sending the love to the family. Much appreciated. And uh, you know, we got. We have a lot of time before the next card we got to talk about, so we got to get Tony on, and uh, we got to have some like a, a little fun show in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, consider it done. <laughs> that's a that's a easy that's the easiest thing fucking possible. All I got to do yeah. is say, "Yo, you be over here X night, and we record." That's that's basically it. Easier all the time, anyway. Perfect. This bachelor, bachelor life, man. We stick together. <laughs> <laughs> nah, Tony. Tony's been we, we fucking we've been through a lot of shit together. A lot of shit. We lived together for a year. Oh, I, I think I think you mentioned that to me before. Yeah, Tony and I had a little house. This motherfucker. It was supposed to be. It was built as a three bedroom house. Okay. It was two bedrooms with like a closet that was converted into a bedroom that I turned into my office. Like this room was so it was like a little kid's room. <laughs> but they, yeah, they they called it a bedroom. I could this is huh. I I fit a love seat 
and then my small desk and chair and like a couple like some boxes and shit in there and that was pretty much the whole room space taken up that's awesome it, that, <laughs> yeah that that was our third bedroom <laughs> okay <laughs> oh my wait. that's oh my god yeah so like you walked in the house like you walked into the living room right through the front door my bedroom was right at in the living room like on the back side of it and right. Tony was on the other he was on the other side of my room but like in the back end of the house. The house do we our yard was bigger than our fucking house. Wait, what's even the point of that? Like <laughs> Dude, I I don't know, man. Like we had this we had a pretty good sized backyard that we did nothing with ever. Right. Cuz he worked like third shift. I was working all the fucking time and playing shows like crazy cuz that that year that we lived there was like Oh shit! That was four years ago. That's the summer my album came out. So I was just like doing shows that whole year that I lived in that house constantly, every fucking weekend, working six days a week, just going. Oh yeah, dude! For shows Friday, Saturday, Thursday, Friday, whatever, man. Any, any, and everywhere we just fucking played. We didn't give a shit. But yeah, dude, Tony Tony's a good dude and he'll be back on and we'll make that shit happen. We'll get a little uh little discussion of something, figure something out. Yeah, like, I, yeah, it's uh it'll be really fun to, to finally get a finally get on the air with him. Yeah. I know. <laughs> He's like I'm going to talk shit to Ryan, give him some shit <laughs> about how we we're never on together. I just said, okay, you you do what you want, man. <laughs> Ryan won't take offense. Nope, not at all. I'm Mr. <laughs> offense. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll we'll set something up. We, uh, yeah, dude, if he knew more about uh, past and other organizations, I would invite him to do the the topic that we had talked about. But oh his, yeah, his knowledge don't run that deep. We'll get something. Yeah, but, you know what, though? We can definitely still figure something. Like, there's so many different topics and so many different things you can pick out. Like, it, it's MMA, right? There's, like, a million oh, things yeah. you can talk about. Oh, yeah. So. For sure. For sure. And, I mean, <laughs> I can always, when we do, uh, like, one of the post-fight breakdown things, because he's here anyway. Yeah. So, I'll just make his ass stay up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you gonna Are you gonna be watching McGregor and Mayweather? Are you gonna Are you uh, gonna go some, Are you gonna go somewhere to watch it? I want to say I'm gonna watch it, but I just like I don't know, man. I just feel like the the only reason I want to watch it is to see McGregor catch him, right? Right, and finish him, and go forty nine and one. That's all I really like. That's the only reason why I would want to watch it. And I just have such a hard time believing that that's going to happen. And I just feel like it was, like you're going to have McGregor winning a couple early rounds before Floyd just figures it all out. And you have another Floyd Mayweather fight, which it, it, he's, he is a pure boxer in the sense of the term. And I just feel like it's like any money that I spend on that, I could just put towards like something for my kids and, I think that's ultimately like I I'll probably figure out a, a way to catch it for free later on after the fight's ended, 
I'll miss the history if it happens, but I mean, if something pops up and someone says, "Hey, five bucks, you want to jump in with a bunch of us?" I'll probably do that. But yeah, that's what if we're that doing. Doesn't happen. I'll probably just skip it. That's what we're doing. Be- we're doing ten bucks at the door. Fucking everybody chips in. I'm not having a bunch of people over, but enough to right. to try to cover most of the costs because I'm not paying a hundred bucks. Nope, not myself. But we're doing our uh, our fantasy football draft. That day, too, I think most of the guys are shit. Most of the guys that are going to be here for the fights that night anyway are in my league, so we're all just going to fucking hang out and do what we do for fight night. I should have sent you a picture for our 214 fight night of my grill. Just Oh, the grill. Oh, my God, dude. Just full of freaking ribeyes and rib tips and shit. We went hardcore. We don't play around when fights when big fights happen, man. We go all out in this house. I get yeah that, lit. That's the the one thing that I, I, I like just because of the the little ones that can't have too many people over. But that's the one thing I miss about fight nights is having everyone over and just having like a just like a just food, 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 nonstop. You know? Yeah, dude. It's it's like I've always said the the rule is in this house if you leave a fight night not high. Or hungry, you fucked up. You didn't. Yeah, you didn't do it right. <laughs> then you know that's, that's definitely the perfect way, the perfect way <laughs> to go to go about it. You know, like it's on you. I put everything out there for you. It's on you. Yeah. Yep. We just. I mean, people. You know, they bring shit to to throw down or you know something, whatever, and then we just grab a bunch of stuff and do it up big. I don't really drink when I watch fights. Yeah, I always because I'm going to you know I'll get like a, a, a six pack or two and here we go and I'll crack one open and then next thing you know it's the third fight and I'm still holding the first beer in my hand. I'm like, oh, I just get so into the fight and there's people over. There's so much more happening that's just yeah. like most of the, I didn't realize I hadn't even had a drink yet. I thought about <laughs> like setting up a mic in the middle of the room <laughs> you know just to see what would happen but i'm also right. i'm also afraid to record some of the conversations we have cuz they get really fucked up <laughs> <laughs> you know it's a bunch of guys just hanging out getting high watching fights or whatever it was most of us anyway and <laughs> shit takes weird turns it's the uh, it's ah I guess it's always kind of fun to see what happens when you have people over and you record and you kind of go back and listen to it. Yeah. I guess nothing anybody could say would be anything worse than the shit I've heard Zach say. <laughs> well, I, they could say worse things than Zach does, but there's Zach pushes it to the limit. Oh, <sighs> all right. I think that's gonna, I think that's going to be a podcast. This outro music going and we can roll. All right. Well, for Ryan Dempsey, I'm Jeff Shanahan, and we'll be back this week for another episode of the Average Joe's MMA Show. Tie up your brother, make